So I'm here with Dan Blythe, who is the uh, creative director of Media Collective London and one of the lead pastors at Hillsong London. So welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's good to have you. So just a bit of a background on Media Collective London. Um, it's a community of creators within Hillsong London across fields such as photography, graphic design, film, fashion and web development. And um, so every month you have a culture club night, uh, which is run where you hear about industry leaders, about the latest trends and their perspectives on industries. Um, the workshops are actually free and a good place to learn firsthand from those in the profession. And these nights are great, a great place to network and collaborate with other creatives. So, um, Dan, tell us about your involvement with uh, MCL. Yeah. Well, um, there was a few like people in church that I'd met, and they were like, I don't know, working with Burberry or doing some Adidas campaigns, and they were just sort of their creative world was so um, busy trying to get them involved to like sign up to like a team or something was just crazy you know they just wanted just a place where they could come and rest come mm. share ideas a place where they could have community so instead of trying to like get pe- get uh, people to do stuff for us it was more about how can we create community where it's about them empowering them equipping them challenging them inspiring them and uh, so that's what we did so media collective wasn't set up to see how people can like contribute their gifts and talents to the church although that has happened it was set up really to initially to empower them to go back into their sphere of influence and just create more incredible stuff than they've sort of ever created mm. okay so just a bit of background on yourself where were you from um so i grew up uh in west sussex um near brighton okay and did you did you go to university if so what I, did you study yeah so Growing up, like no one ever spoke to me about like creativity or dreams or like you know was you know mm. some of the language which we hear today was just it just never was even my parents to me never really they're just like just do whatever but it was just sort of I just followed the crowd you know I was never yeah. a leader growing up every moment was about having fun school was fun I knew I loved art class but I I didn't really know how that could be a career so I never really pursued that so I ended up going into like a bit of marketing sports marketing and I was going to go to uni ended up going backpacking in Australia oh, really? and that's where I really uh, just met some incredible people and my life got turned around and everything shifted from there and were you a good student at school uh, in college when I was going, yeah. no I mean <laughs> not, not, when I was uh, at school I was just completely mucking around it's so weird, but no one ever told me that primary school leads to secondary school, secondary school leads to university, university leads to career, which leads to money. No one ever told me that, so because I didn't understand the whole progression, I was just having fun and getting terrible grades. <laughs> okay, um, so how, um, how old were you when you started the collective? Is this yeah. quite recent? Or? Mm-hmm. So just over a year ago, like our church has always been creating what we'd call um, content of high excellence stuff which mm. we believe is like the best we can put out mm. but um, about a year ago was when I sort of stepped in to lead the whole creative community and the first thing I noticed was that there's a lot of creators but there wasn't a lot of introverted artists but there was no one really just uh, bringing them together and so that was my first thing like how can we just create that community mm. and collective where people can come together and, uh, and, and then since we've been doing that like campaigns and videos and everything that we've been doing 
like there's so much talent that's mm. just it's been like a little um you know if you have like a, a vase of water and there's like i don't know sand or soil in the bottom and you shake it up and all these kind of rocks and stuff come to the surface yeah that's what it's been like it's like been shaking up our church we found all these like just and amazing hidden, talents, hidden yeah. yeah totally yeah that's what it is if i was to strap line it now i'd go media collective finding the hidden talent in you yeah that's amazing so i guess the most most popular conception of creativity is that it's something to do with arts, you know, and but I guess I think creativity is kind of imagination, and you know, everyone has imagination. What is your how would you define being a creative or creativity in general? Yeah, yeah totally. I think imagination is spot on. Um, like if I'm coming at it from like um, let's just say a biblical point of view um, like God created us um, he created the heavens and earth like God obviously doesn't have any limit to his imagination he can do whatever he wants to imagine and God created us in his image so yeah. when we start to create I believe that we reflect the characteristics of God who is our creator so it's in every single person to be able to create whether you're an accountant whether you're a single parent whether you're a teacher whether you're an artist mm. I know some people are maybe more arty than others but I think every single person has a level of create is creative and they have levels of creativity which they can unlock and that unlocking the key is like you say imagination so it's almost like going back to when you're a child when imagination was so easy yeah you know how do you get back to that place where you can just dream without the limits and without the barriers mm. so true so what what kind of events do you put on then? And um, who would you say are your target demographic? Um, so we put on um, the culture clubs nights, which are all about um, coming together and hearing like the culture of our community. And our culture of our community is that no idea is so precious that you can't share it. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you know, c collaboration really enables you to go to the next level of creativity. So for us, we do those culture club nights, which are all about, you could probably meet someone having a drink by the bar and get just as much wisdom as what you could get from listening to the person who's sharing on the night. Mm. Because there, it's just like, you've got people working for BBC, you've got people who make like incredible films. Like, yeah. You just have a few conversations and you see that, that it's like a hive of like, yeah. just talent. So those nights are there, then we do workshops, and the workshops are just there to upskill people. So. I really got a heart. Say you want to go into graphic design mm. and you don't even know how to use Photoshop. You know, I believe like it's never too late to learn. Yeah, and even course. if it's a hobby, it doesn't need to be a career. Yeah. So we do workshops to help people grow in some of their some of those things. And then we just do socials. Like um, I know it sounds so random, but London's like one of the loneliest places in the world. It's yeah, a very lonely city. And it's easy to assume because of social media that everyone's got this like banging social Busy life. life yeah, style, but it's, yeah. it's kind of fake. So we just make sure we're just hanging out and having fun. And mm. if there's 10 people there, great. If there's 50, great. But it's it's just about creating community and a place for those that want to hang out. Yeah, definitely. So you've had quite a lot of um, you know key guest speakers come and speak at these events. Can you give uh, some examples of who yeah. you've had? Yeah. Um, so you had a good friend called Marcel. He's got a clothing label called Mar London. I love his stuff. It's just really like. I thought you were going to say Marcel from Love Island. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, I mean, we've we've had so artists and fashion designers. Mm. Uh, we've had uh, Katie Hill, who was a Blue Pizza presenter when I was oh, wow. like when I was oh, a gosh, kid. I remember and, Blue Pizza. Yeah, and she's still brilliant. Like yeah. so much um, charisma and 
uh, creativity. Um, we've had Dave Burt, a guy who started um, at London on Instagram, okay. now like millions of followers. Yeah. He travels the world and he just, you know, he just started the Instagram and, yeah. and it's changed his life. And mm-hmm. so talking about the pressures and then the positive things as well. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's cool. And so just for our listeners, if they want to come to these events in London, yeah. when, when and where could they come? Yeah, so we normally do them monthly. Um, over the summer we're doing just more parties and socials mm. and the official like culture club nights but um, yeah they're normally like at the beginning of each month and um, they can head to hillsong.co.uk forward slash mcl okay. or just follow our instagram media collective london brilliant um so when you first started out how did you kind of market uh, mcl yeah so um i guess the first thing i did was um just chat to a few london artists and um photographers and fashion photographers. I particularly wanted to uh, engage with the fashion world just because if you have the innovators, the trendsetters, the trend followers and the mainstreamers, um, and let's just say the innovators are the very niche imaginators, the guys who come up with these crazy things and then it all filters down. Like I wanted, you know, I guess what I'm saying is I come into contact with a lot of mainstreamers, not so many trendsetters, you know, the people or innovators, the ones who will wear stuff before it's in fashion. You know, like, so Marcel who came to speak, uh, like if it's in fashion, uh, he, he won't wear it. He doesn't want to wear something. He doesn't want to follow the crowd. He wants to be opposite. Yeah. So I just kind of I hung out with those people who um, going against the grain, going against the grain, challenge mindsets. Uh, they really don't want to fit into the status quo. Yeah. And so um, from there, we sort of built a bit of identity. Yeah. Okay. And how big is the team at the moment? Yeah. At On staff, we've got about ten people. So that's ten full-time staff members. Uh, but like the MCL community, I don't know, it's anywhere between 50 and 100, mm. I guess, in terms of like collaborators. Yeah. Because we don't do like, this is a team and you're in or out. Um, you know, it's more like, hey, this, this is a project coming up. We're doing summer parties or we're, mm. we're doing Hillsong Conference at the O2 Arena. It's more like a collective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like different people get involved with different campaigns regard, uh, depending on their capacity mm. and what they're going through at the time. And that's great because it takes away the pressure of, you know, having to commit as I'm sure creatives constantly have like ongoing projects. Yeah simultaneously so we might have people who come to every culture club and every social and so they're around us all the time hanging out all the time but they don't actually contribute to anything and that's fine with us because Mm. it's not about what we can get out of you it's about just having a place where everybody's inspired and Mm. working with each other amazing so when you're looking to take on someone to join you know the collective what would you say are you know, or someone to join your core team, what would yeah. you say are the key characteristics that would make an individual become a good return on investment? Definitely teachability. Um, you know, they say like, you know, the best uh, creators are the ones who are like sponges. They just absorb yeah. everywhere they go, they're learners. Even Kanye West, who's recently saying he wants to do 52 albums uh, in 52 weeks, and every album has seven tracks, so that's one track a day. But he collaborates with so many different people and he says if that person can make that song better, then let's collaborate. Mm. So some people say he's arrogant, but yet the other way he's showing huge humility because he's saying, look, if I can work with you and it can make it better, then you know, yeah. then I'm in. So for me, I look for teachability. Anyone who's arrogant, they're like, nah, I'm not going to learn from you. Anyone who's like, oh no, they've got nothing to gain from working with you. I'm like, that's not the sort of person. I feel like if you're always going to learn, and you never become an expert, never become a professional, always be a beginner. Yeah. I feel like beginners have an edge because they're always like, how can I learn? Um, and when we go to university, we're never like, learn, 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 and then we lose it and become 
professionals and I feel like that's that's when we cap ourselves. So yeah. just stay teachable, I think. Yeah, that's so true. I think the moment when you think you've learned everything is like the moment when yeah. you become kind of arrogant and you don't end up learning new things. True. So, so what is the big dream for um, Hillsong MCL? Like what's yeah. the five-year plan? Yeah, cool. Well... <laughs> I mean, I'd love to do a few uh, things like a film festival. I'd love to do our own um, like clothing line, yeah. like maybe a small capsule. Like we do stuff and we sell it in church, and it's fun. Mm. Like creates this like vibe where people can like make stuff and turn it around quickly. But I'd love to actually have like a proper label where um, people saw that and it was like, wow, like you know, didn't even think it was a church thing, you know, or an MCL thing. They just, yeah. you know, just because of the quality and the standard. Uh, what else would we love to do? I'd love to do a, a, like a short film. We're doing a few TV shows at the moment and they're cool, oh, yeah, but like I'd love to be able to just do a TV show that ends up on like, I don't know, MTV or something like that. So, I mean, five years is a long time. Mm. You can achieve a lot in five years, so, you know, who knows. So, you're also one of the lead pastors, lead pl- platform pastors at Hillsong London Church um, here in Tottenham Court Road. Tell us a bit more about what you do there and why anyone would want to come to Hillsong yeah so Hillsong would be um, one of the fastest growing churches in the UK Um, and I fully believe it's because you know the doormat says welcome home and the reason we have welcome home on our doormat is because we believe that no matter who you are no matter where you've grown up no matter what your background is uh, no matter what your behaviour is like you can come um, to our church and we're going to welcome you and we're not going to judge you and um, I think that's important because these days in church mentality, it's very like judgmental. You have to do this and do that, but it's quite yeah. opposite how we see church. And so, because it is quite um, accepting, let's say, um, yeah, is is growing. So I think people should come and check it out because it's different. Um, because you'll probably get an experience that you've never had before when it comes to church. Okay. And um, I guess you kind of touched touched a bit on this, but. How would you break down the misconceptions that a lot of, you know, people and a lot of young people today have about being a Christian? Yeah. Um, you know, I think these days our generation are the leaders of misconception. I think, um, you know, we, we don't even get real news, we get fake news and we take uh, word of mouth as like solid and, and like, so someone says, oh yeah, such and such, and this about such and such, and then we pass it on as if it's fact. But mm. truth is like, we say we're so opinionated that we say a lot without even knowing the truth and um, when you get to the foundation of Christianity and you actually look at Jesus Christ if anyone actually met Jesus Christ um, you'd be attracted to him you know because he was like he was like loving and gracious and encouraging and um, you know he was always he was trying to like lift people up instead of tear them down and if you ever meet someone like that in the world you don't run away from those people you run towards those people and so Jesus himself um, is an, was an attractive guy in terms of how he lived his life. And, uh, and I believe the church should be the same because we've got the same values of Christ. But for some reason, because no one's perfect, we've somehow taken the teachings of Jesus and just walked it um, over the years to make mm. it like you have to, like I was saying, be a certain way yeah. and do a certain thing. So I think it's quite refreshing that now we're in a generation where people don't really care about church, but they, they are saying, if God is real, I want to... I want to experience him or I'd love to know him and so it's kind of like for us as a church this isn't like we are not a Christian nation and we love that we love it that people are just open to experience and um, yeah it's it's cool okay 
so uh, where do you actually find the time to work yeah. for the church full time and do MCL? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I go pretty hard because I love what I do. Mm. Um, I saw this quote which says everyone has the same amount of hours as Beyonce has. And it's, it's true, you know, there's so many hours in a day. Um, I'm not one that's, I don't sleep in. I'm very disciplined. I don't even snooze my alarm clock. When my alarm goes wow. off, I'm up. Uh, I hit the, I'm at the gym every morning, 7 a.m. And um, I've just disciplined my life. And because I'm mm. disciplined, I get to do everything I want to do. And then I get to do the fun stuff. But normally what happens sometimes when we're not disciplined, um, we don't do what we have to do. And then we miss out what we want to do. And a lot of, for me, my creativity and my fun stuff comes out of what I want to, what I, um, what I get to do rather than what I have to do, mm. or what I want to do rather than what I have to do. So, for me, I go through my mundane tick list of do this and do that. And everyone has mundane stuff in their life. And what happens is we always put it off, and then we have to do it and smash it all in the last day of work or of our week or whatever. But I just, I just really try and strategize my week. And it's funny sometimes we think creators don't strategize their week and they don't have rhythm but of course we, we all have rhythm yeah. we brush our teeth every day in the morning in the evening you know we we shower every person in the world has rhythm um and has routine uh but for me i've just maybe um looked to put even more structure towards my rhythm and routine so i can mm. maybe do more you know because i want to make sure i've got not just time but energy for my family yeah, and course. my kid and all that and kind your of stuff. relationships yeah so that kind of leads on to the next question. You know, it takes a lot of, you know, a certain level of focus, resilience and character in each individual to kind of have that drive and make your mark on the world. What would you, what do you think taught you to be this way? And were there any kind of like childhood influences yeah, right. which have contributed to this? Yeah. Um, it's a great way you put it, like leaving mark, um, you know, in the world. Because um, at the end of the day, um, so much of what we do is seasonal and so much of what we do is forgotten um, you know and even you know some of the most incredible artists like Michelangelo who painted the 16th chapel um, I was just reading recently like he had so many gifted artists working with him on that project like he paid gifted and at the time they were well known mm. but now like we, we don't even know them we only know Michelangelo mm. so even for him he had all these people working with him which and we will never know their name um, and, it, and it just gets you thinking about like what is success and why do we do stuff and I always think knowing the why you do stuff is way more important than the what you do I know a lot of people have been chatting about that at the moment Simon Sinek has got a book called What's Your Why um, and I think if you know your why um, then your perception of success is in a healthy place because if success is about the amount of money or the amount of fame or the amount of followers or how much recognition you get from your peers there's no end game to that it's continuous and no matter how high you get even if you're as famous as like you know Bieber or whoever yeah. at some point you know everything it's that like you're that striving for is yeah, yeah totally whereas if you I believe if you can just find contentness um, satisfaction enjoyment just mm. in what you do right now with exactly what you have for me, I, I think that's that's everything. Yeah. So um, the question was, what? Yeah. What kind of childhood influences? What, yeah. Wow. Well, um, yeah. So for me, when I was a teenager, David Beckham was a huge <laughs> influence. I, I just love football and stuff like that. But it's. Um, I think the biggest influences have probably been like my um, my pastor now. His name's Gary. He's a very creative guy himself. 
Um, but he's just always been about, it's not about building your name, it's about investing into people around you. And that's the legacy, mm. it's how you can enable others to run faster, to run further than you ever can do, you know. And, yeah. You know, if you're, if you're doing a relay and you're going to hand over the baton, the person needs to be running in your lane, they need to be running at the same pace as you. Uh, but if you're never training up a, a number two, if you're never training up the next generation, then the, the baton is just going to be, it's just going to fall on the floor. Mm. So I think for me, like, it's not about how do I leave a, a legacy for Dan Blythe, it's how do I invest in a load of young people that'll mm. forget my name. And that's, that's fine because, like, let's just empower the next uh, generation of creatives. Yeah, that's a really good mentality to have. I remember listening to a recent podcast that Erwin McManus did. It was about kind of, it's you know, all about reinvesting in other people, and it's like being able to see their growth is what you know where the success and the happiness and fulfillment comes from. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, what out of all the success that you've ever achieved, what do you value the most? Yeah. Uh, definitely having my son. Um, How old is he now? He's three months old. Yeah. And he's so beautiful, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's just... Cutest. Yeah, it's funny because he... he uh, Like, we do everything for him. You know, like, when he cries, <laughs> we pick him up, we feed yeah. him, you know, so... So there's some, this little person takes away so much, takes so much from us, but yet in the same time as us looking after him, it brings us so much joy. And I, I, with my son Knox, I found the, the perfect, to me, this is a picture, picture of what our life can look like when we actually live to serve and help others. Mm. That actually when, you know, you don't do it for what you can get out of people, but you just love people, you just serve people, and uh, you watch how you will actually get joy and you will actually get fulfillment, you know, out of that. Yeah. Um, how has failure, uh, or like apparent failure, set you up for su- uh, later success? Yeah. And do you have uh, like a favourite failure? With yeah, yours? yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this is a great question. I think this is a subject which um, needs to keep getting talked about, especially yeah. uh, you know with the younger generation coming up, because we have a massive fear of failure. Um, how it's arrived has come from many different avenues, which will probably take more time to explain, but. Our generation does live with a fear of failure, mm. and because of that, um, we don't talk about our failures, and because of that, we're very um, hidden about our failures. But failure uh, is the thing that allows you to grow. Because um, what is it? I heard a quote and it said, "Failure is just a lesson with um, emotion attached to it." Mm. And so our failures—they're not actually meant to define us; they're just meant to teach us. Uh, another quote said, "Failure isn't meant to be like a tattoo with you for life. It's meant mm. to be like a bruise. It's just with you for a moment." Um, even uh, Colonel Sanders from KFC, rumor has it he went to like over 500 banks asking for a loan so he could do his Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. You know, he had to he had to persist. He had to move forward. He had to overcome failure after failure so that he could give us all good chicken. You know. Um, <laughs> It's funny, even, um, you know, you think a baby in the womb, it's there for like nine months. And, um, and then after nine months, you know, you have your baby. And uh, I'm not comparing having a baby to failure, but what I'm saying is sometimes we give up on our dreams and we give up on our hopes way quicker than nine months. You know, yeah. if it takes nine months to have a full baby, you know, at least give your dream and ambition, you know, a bit longer than nine months. And, um, and when failure comes, like, look at why did that come? Uh, what happened? And then just, just learn from that. Mm. So my biggest failure... Um, I think in, in terms of the creative world, like we fail all the time. Like in terms of like, we tried this, it didn't work. We tried this, it did work. We tried this, uh, it didn't get the response that we wanted. But that's just, in the creative world, if you're not having any failures, 
it tells me that you're not actually getting any decent feedback and feedback is the breakfast of champions so they say um, and so like we we should be failing because if we're not failing we're not taking risks and if you're mm. not taking risks it's because your fear is stepped in the way so if you, if you are if you are not failing you're not stepping out of the comfort zone yeah yeah uh, but my biggest fail wasn't really to do with the creative world it was to do with um, public speaking because I've always had a fear of public speaking really? which is crazy wow. that I speak to like 10,000 people or whatever it'd be you know whenever um, yeah so I got up to speak um, and I was just like well nervous and I just had a total mind blank and because um, a lot of what I do when I speak I don't have any notes because it's just memory mm. and um, which is fine I've always been fine prior to that moment and since that moment I've been fine but there was just one moment we got up in front of about two and a half thousand people just totally forgot what I was what I had to say how long ago was this about six years ago because I, I see you on on the stage now at church and you're just like so confident and it's very you know it flows naturally and it, it, like you said you, you can tell you don't have notes it's extremely authentic so it's like it's surprising to see to hear you say that yeah so it was the most painful time and it caused me so much fear but if I didn't have mm. that moment I would never be the communicator that I am now because mm. that one that moment that hard hard moment caused me to press into who I am and yeah. to what I'm about and the why I'm doing what I do because if it was about me I would just never speak because mm. it causes me fear to speak if it was about me I would never do it because I'm like I don't want to do this but because I know when I share, what I'm sharing is actually going to help people. So because of my love for the people and I know it's going to help them, is that's what allows me to overcome my fear. So love always, love will always win over fear if your love is genuine. Mm. It's amazing. Um, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Um, it could be an investment of like money, time, energy. Yeah. Um, one of my best investments. Um, it definitely just be into the people that are surround me. Mm. Um, you know, for me, um, if I can just invest in others like I've been invested in, like today as a leader, I find it. I know it sounds arrogant. I find it quite easy to involve people. I find it quite easy to lead people. I find it quite easy to like equip people to set mm. them up to win. I find that easy. But the only reason I find that easy now. It's because over the last 10 years, the last decade, people have been investing into me and helping me grow my creativity and innovation and risk-taking and, and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, my, my greatest investment is never in a product or a program. It is always in people. And if you can just invest in the people around you and love them, um, that you, you would have created a bond with that person that can never be taken away because you've done something to them. You've helped them in such a way that it's worth more than money, you know? Mm, agreed. So... In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? So this could be in the form of distractions, like invitations, and what kind of new realizations and like approaches have helped? Yeah, it's really funny because um, most people say no to meeting with people. You know, they become so big that they like, oh, I haven't got time to meet with that person. I haven't got time to meet with this person. Um, but like, I if someone wants to meet with me because they feel like I can inspire them. Um, you know, people say, can I mentor you? Can you mentor me? So I meet with them and I mentor them in terms of their creativity or this or that. And when it comes to mentor, like I'm not there just to like hear their life story. I'm like, I'm like, what are you struggling with? And I'm like, like I can have a half hour meeting. It's almost like a coaching session. Yeah. And um, I guess what I'm saying is, what I don't say no to is meeting with people because I feel like meeting with people is where the gold is. Um, what I do say no to is the stuff which 
Um, maybe it's fun for me, which I don't need in my life. So maybe I'm not going to go and see Jurassic Park um, as much as I love Jurassic Park because um, I don't know because you know I've I've watched this film this week and I know I know if I want to learn film I'll go and watch a load of movies but it's not about that like sometimes it's just saying no to some of my fun stuff and I still have fun don't get me wrong like I work hard and I play hard but for me like I just feel like people's where it's at so the stuff I say no to is the stuff it's my selfish stuff mm. you know so I say no to my selfish stuff so I can say yes to helping the people around me I guess that's it in a nutshell okay and it's just being disciplined I guess uh, when you when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, I mean everyone has those. I know I certainly do. Where you kind of feel like you're stuck in a rut and you've lost your focus temporarily. What what do you do to kind of get yourself back on track? Yeah, yeah. I just I remove myself from the situation um, just because I know whenever emotion is added in the mix, it's so hard to make calculated decisions. So yeah, I'll just I just move myself from that situation, I'll take some time, I'll reschedule the meeting or whatever I need to do. Uh, and so, you know, I just I just use wisdom and the time and um, I try not to make uh, heated decisions or do things that I'm gonna later regret. Yeah, when emotions are high. Uh, what would you say is the definition of success and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think success, um, for me is living your life in a way um, in, well for me in, in terms of Christian for me success is living my life in a way in which I can live by excellence um, in the same way I, I can give that ex, I can give the glory to God so it's, that, I mean that's a little bit of a Christian answer giving glory to God so I don't know if that kind of works but um, I don't think success is the way the world deems success as in like the world says success is about being comfortable. Like, just get the house, uh, get the wife and the kids, and have the holiday, and then that's success. Because if you um, if you gave someone the <laughs> yeah the end. Because if I gave you uh, I don't know a hundred million pounds right now, I said what do you want to do? You might say I want to do my business. Great. Then what do you want to do? I want to I want to buy an island. Great. Then what do you want to do? Oh, I want to start my own fashion label. Great. Then what do you want to do? We we'll go through all the things, and then at the end of it, and once you've exhausted every option, I said, but then what? You say oh, I want to make the world a better place. You know, for me, success is just about starting where you'd finish if you had all the resources in the world. Like, mm. how can you make the world a better place? Give your heart to that. And I, I believe that's success. Really good answer. Um, if you had to gift one book to someone, mm. what would it be and why? Obviously, I have to say the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I was really inspired by a book called Creativity Inc. by a guy called Ed Cutmore. He's a... Uh, CEO of Pixar oh, okay. and uh, just the way he has navigated um, creativity uh, within his team and caused so much in innovation there for me I don't know why but that book just really struck a chord I mean it references Toy Story which I think you know I'll, I'll just give you one example I'll leave you with it um, so they did Toy Story 1 which is a blockbuster and then Disney said hey can you do uh, Toy Story 2 for DVD release but then the team started working on the DVD release and they were like, you know, we don't want to do this for the DVD. We want to do it for Blockbuster because we don't do DVDs. We, this is a Blockbuster movie. So the team said, let's go the extra mile. Let's go above and beyond. Let's do this Blockbuster. And so, they, so that's exactly what they did. The team loved what they did so much that they went above and beyond to create something outstanding and excellent. Mm. And for me, that hit home because I just thought, imagine if Media Collective becomes a community 
where people aren't doing it because I'm asking them to or requiring it, but because they're doing it because they love it. And then we just go and create the most outrageous, innovative things that people haven't even imagined yet. Mm. That would be my heart for MCL for sure. Amazing. So just one final question before we wrap things up. What would you say is your philosophy of life and if you could have a gigantic billboard which you know had your name against it what uh, kind of quote or you know a few words or paragraph would you have said on there yeah um, reckless abandon reckless abandon is a tattoo that I have on the back of my neck and it just means to go all in without caring about the consequences it means to just do it and, and work out everything answer uh, everything after and by that it's like Fear will stop you from taking a step out. Fear will stop you from going. Fear will stop you rising to the challenge. But uh, reckless abandon means you no. Know, you just address your fear, uh, and then um, just work it out on the on the go. So pretty much, to me, reckless abandon is living life without fear. And I think um, I think fear has held back humanity for so long and capped us. And if we all imagine what our life would look like without fear. And we all thought about what our life would look like if we'd never heard about it or experienced fear. What would your life look like? That's the life that you can live if you want to live. Mm. It just means to live without fear. And you've actually got a, um, is it like the Fearless Generation, that the kind of TV programme that you had a while back? Is that still yeah. going on? I mean, we're not shooting it anymore. Uh, my Why? seasons. What happened? <laughs> well, we just did a couple of seasons and then we just decided, I don't know, like me and Charlie just wanted the, the youth to be able to run with the next season so this next season that's coming out in September um, we've got youth presenters um, youth editors they edited the show uh, so it's like literally the whole thing is run by under 18 year olds and so this whole thing you know me and Charlie like in terms of legacy sure we could have kept building TV shows with us as the the people or we could actually build something which is like a legacy of empowering the next generation so hopefully this next series that will be that yeah so amazing. Well, thank you so much for um, coming today and speaking on the show. If our listeners want to get to know a bit more about MCL or like you as a person or Hillsong Church, what um, what's your handle on Instagram or do you have a website? Yeah. Where can people find you? Yeah, so uh, hillsong.co.uk forward slash MCL or at Media Collective London on Instagram. Uh, and for me personally, it's just Dan Blythe 8 on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And all the social media. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Just closing up now.